All right. Uh, you ready? Kenny Carn is in the audience tonight. Ooh. <laughs> I was born ready. There we go. But we'll start with you talking about carnies, I guess. That's right. Welcome back to part two of the year in episode. Part two of how many? Stay tuned we'll to see. find out. Depends on how, how concisely we can get through four more things in a couple of other tabs. Also, heads up for a few seconds there. It wasn't quite recording. Oh, I never stopped. <clears throat> may have not been technically Since our recording. last episode, I have not stopped recording, if you can believe that. Theoretically, was not recording. For the last step? No, just for the last, like, five seconds before. Ooh. Oh, so we missed all that Bruce Bruce stuff you talking about? Oh, no. He was just plugging his dates, really. <laughs> yeah, really. What are the plugs? I'll let it right now. For, so for anyone curious, Bruce January Bruce is going 8th. on tour, at least to the southeast, in the next couple of months. Also, real talk, they're like, the ten dates before that are all sold out. It sold out one, two, three, four, five, six, like, 14 shows in a row. Dude, I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, people love Bruce Bruce. All right, here we are, back hey. with the Nice Price Podcast. Last week, you heard us do 10 through 5. This week, we're going to do 4 through 1, plus a, plus a couple extra goodies at the end. Ooh. Um, so should we just jump right into it? Keep it going? Let's do it, baby. Oh, yeah. Four. All right. Wait, I'm not quite ready. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, that break took, took, a, took a little bit out of me. Um, takes a little bit to get set up over here. All right. Um, at number four, coming off the heels of the debut record, I Love My Mom. We have With Any Shape You Like, With Any Shape You Take, from Asheville's own, real name, no gimmick, Indigo D'Souza. Coming in number four, a lot of people had this on their list. Um, I was actually, while I was kind of filling everything back out and seeing where everything landed, I was, I really thought this was going to be a number one for a while. Um, it, it showed up maybe more than any other record on these lists, um, but maybe didn't have as many number one spots as the rest of them, so didn't quite land quite as high, but people really like this record. I feel like it's it's kind of catapulted this band into like a kind of a different stratosphere of popularity. Like people love this band now. For um, sure. The record's really good. Um, the first record uh, was a record people bought from us for sure. And we're stoked and we're like, Oh yeah, she's from Asheville. This yeah. time people bought the record and were surprised to learn that she was from Asheville because they had like heard it on, you know, like, like she had, she'd blown up big enough that she was a national, artist yeah that's crazy that's always wild when it happens 
I but um, uh, she, all of her songs are catchy. <clears throat> I remember the first catchy. time I saw her. I I don't know if you booked the show, Nathan, or if it was something Hopscotch related, or it was a few years ago. And I could kind of tell even just from that initial thing, I was like, this band is probably going to be famous. Well, we <laughs> there played, was just something about it. We played with them um, at a house show. Maybe it was your old house, Matt. No, it was the one next door where they were doing house shows over there on Bloodworth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, man, people were fucking into into them. And that night I was like, do y'all want to play hopscotch? And uh, they were like, what the fuck? They are like, hell yeah. And then um, I followed up with an email. They played a couple hopscotch things. They played halfway to hopscotch. They did, I just booked them a bunch because it was just fun to book them. They, I think they played with Lilac Shadows, that, like one of those two shows that me and Allie played with Lilac again. And um, I don't know, man. I just, I just really like all of Indigo's songs. Um, this new album's really good. People na- nationally have kind of caught on. Brad Cook produced and recorded it um, in Durham. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's a big one. I feel like she's kind of going to be around for a long time at this point. Hell yeah. For sure. There's always that moment when someone puts out their first record that um, that might be, well, you know, the classic. You get 25 years to make your first record and six months to make your second. Um, but that that is also, like, real, especially when it comes to, like, those kinds of tunes sometimes or someone just has, like, kind of hits strikes lightning with some catchy tunes but then this one it's like oh just every song she makes is gonna be pretty catchy well i know i did read that this album she considers it a companion piece to her last record um in kind of style she write these at the same time i think that i think it was around the similar time so i I, i've seen some things i think that she's i've heard some other stuff she's done i also booked her one time at hopscotch on with that little brother bill we did and uh booked her like kind of like she self-described as like a neo soul thing and I think that's called Indigo and the Icky Brickets or something like that. I think it is Icky Brickets. But, um, and I thought that that was also pretty damn good. So I think that she's just good at writing songs, honestly. And, um, I like it. Uh, I don't know. This album's big. Kids fucking love it. Um, also, shout out, to, shout out to our boy Avery, who um, I've known a long time, played in Olipo Hotline. Putter, all those bands is now Indigo's drummer, and looks like he's having a pretty damn good time through COVID. If I'm being honest, shout out. Sounds sick. Uh, this was not in your top on your list, though, Nathan. No, unfortunately, it was also not in my top five. Another record I enjoyed, this... but did not make the cut. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well, and I'll say by by number of spins, it probably makes it pretty high, just because I played it so much at the store. I listened to it a lot. Yeah. It was also um, one that you, Leona think, likes a lot, so at our house it got played a lot. I think you, I played at my house as well. I think you copped the tape too, didn't you? Because your, I do have the your tape. tape yeah, for a while, I was in the store, the and for a while I was just popping that tape in pretty frequently. And now here's my question I have for you because I know that Leona is a is an indigo head. Does she like this one more than the first one? I know she loved the first one. Does she like this one more so? Ah, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I bet she does. I would I would guess she does. Did she not put in a list? She did. I don't. I couldn't find her. Also, but she doesn't. She wouldn't specify which one she liked in that list, though. No, she wouldn't specify one of the. No, I, I just sorry. That was that did sound that way. But I just suddenly <laughs> thought of both of those things at the same time. I was wondering about Whichever that too. Whichever list though. had Harry Styles number one, that was that was Leona. She did. She did put it. She was one of the first people to put in a list. Um, I could find it if you want to give me a fucking second. Jesus Christ! <laughs> 
Uh, I do like that the I like it when someone has the same artwork kind of style throughout the record sometimes. Um, and I guess these are paintings done by her mother. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, previously referenced in the first album title. Uh, I love my mom. I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I uh, I like that uh, both of them have this have a similar but different um, aesthetic. I I, pre- I I always like when artists do that. Now I am looking. I, I often like when artists do that. Should I give a shout out? to i'm looking back through everything i can't i don't see leona's exactly i don't know which one is hers yet but i do see somebody that had this at number one and cactus lee at number two Ooh, and that is one sam big fat sack oh did you have big fat sack yeah apparently big big indigo and uh cactus lee head not a big surprise that we have a very similar taste i guess (laughs) Former and future guest of the pod. I'm still supposed to uh, get, record him a voicemail. Mm. Oh, wow. You really you really stiffed him on that one, huh, Matt? <laughs> Just hasn't panned out. Um, hasn't I don't know out. if you it know this. I moved to a different now. state. Or, more, of a common, more of a commonwealth. Sadler country. Send that shit out to him. But, uh, yeah, we, we need to have him back on. I, I, look, I hope to goodness that at some point in time in the future of this earth we live on, there will be another country club get together and that uh, Sam and I can do another country club event. Cause we had, we had started to have some fun, pick up a little bit of momentum, but not enough to sustain it through COVID. We're um, going to keep it. We, it's going to start back up soon. We'll have some more stuff like the coasters or like the ornaments or whatever. Um, we do something, but I want to do another event once we can safely do such a thing. Yeah. Um, or we could just get gas masks. We could do the, the Devo suits. Or we just got masks full of poison and kill ourselves. Um, the uh, other option is... That sounded better and better at this point. Damn, son. <laughs> uh, yes, let's, please. Let's me a, William even chiming in. Elon pies every night, and let's just get this over with. <laughs> what got him? Oh, man, uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I think it might have been the nightly key lime pie. <laughs> just, off, just to guess. Just the one? <laughs> You're never going to believe this. Okay, fine. I have two. No, like, Every night. It's crazy. Yeah. Hey, this All is right, really confusing. Damn. It says two pies, one fork. Where do I take this? <laughs> That'd be the man no, no. in the gray sweatpants over there. The gray dirty sweatpants <laughs> over there. All right, look for the guy. If, if I had to pick one, one guy who shouldn't have this. <laughs> yeah. Never seen a key lime pie maker really feel like a fucking dealer on that one. Like, I'll tell you one thing. It's not, it's not, it's not Bob Weir standing over there. Keep cruising yeah. past him. It's not the man in the short you shorts. You see a guy in cut off shorts. Not him. Past him, you'll see a guy missing a finger, sweatpants. It'll feel bad. He's the one. You're not gonna believe it. That finger, not diabetes related. Oh man, did it happen All slicing right. a pie though? Not true. Uh, bit it off. <laughs> pie cutting accident. Just got a fucking handful of pie just bit down. Dude, R.I.P. Jerry, have some respect. Ah, dude, love him. I don't mean to speak ill will of the dead, but my birthday brother. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And Roy Williams. And Roy, great date. Now on with the countdown. Three. All right, getting close. Getting real, real goddamn real, close. Real quick to that though, I can't believe I've never thought to ask you this. Did your dad somehow strategically, very precisely, try to map out when to have you? You know, uh, I've I've I'll tell maybe you, a guy who this... gets a, a notification via beeper that he had a son probably didn't plan ahead. 
I did. I so I've. I think I've probably told this story before. Maybe not on the pod, but like I was born. I was supposed to be born the day before, and uh, my mom always told me. Was, like, was there a cranium? Keep it in, Cindy. My, my, my mom always told me this story where she was like, yeah, you were going to be due like right around midnight. And they they said that it was close enough that we could pick which day. And your uncle was born on July 31st. So we decided to give you each your own day. And I believed that until I was like way old. And then at one birthday when I was like 30 something, I told my dad that. And my dad was like, what? No, your mom was like fucked up out of her mind. And then I just thought, like, one was better than 31, and I said it, and then we had to wait in the doctor for, like, 20 minutes, like, very awkwardly until it was, like, past midnight, and then it just, like, went for it and popped out. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's way wilder. I definitely thought you were going to say Jerry had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish. Um, all right, where were we at? R.I.P. Jerry, three. L.I.P. Nathan. Th- three. Um, at number three, we've got... Philadelphia's own Japanese breakfast with Jubilee. I guess I'll take this one. Much like the Ammo and the Sniffers record that we talked about in the last one. This one is much more, um, I don't know if produced is the right word. They're definitely going for more of a, um, it definitely sounds more, the fi is higher. That's what I'll say. Because I remember when I first heard this band, it was kind of like indie, like drifty indie pop kind of stuff. Didn't they play Hopscotch at Neptunes one time? They played like Neptunes, right? Which is yeah, pretty, well, Matt, pretty kooky. Me, they, her old band, Little Big League, played a house uh-huh. show. With the lollipops. Oh yeah, they did a they did a replacements cover. At what one? Mattress Fort. Yes. God fuck! I want to say it was. Um, can't hardly wait. Yeah, that's yeah. Can't hardly wait. I think you're right. <clears throat> Good tune. I knew that 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 band was con- that there was a connection there, but I did not remember that for years. Yeah, it was until it was right her. Now. She was the singer in both, and that's actually the reason that we got them in Hopscotch so soon. I just had her email. From that and just like hit her up randomly and they were like she was like yeah that was and then she got an agent right after that and the agent was like not as into the fact that we she was playing hopscotch for what he considered less money was still probably more than she'd ever been offered for a show before that you know I just thought it was nutty that she played in Neptunes yeah Uh, now like looking back Uh, but yeah I I didn't know this one as much I remember the one record with the that one jam on it about giving head. You know the one. Um, I can't think of the name of it. But... Oh, no, we're right in the middle of something there, dude. <laughs> he, he wanted his... A <laughs> little blue. I'm going to tell you now, Matt Phone. Uh, if you think you're opening up for Bruce Bruce with that kind of mouth, <laughs> oh, I bet that he ain't gonna happen, bud. You mean to tell me nope. he doesn't have any material like that? Bruce Bruce? No, does not. Oh, well. I saw a spe- Look, he did a bit about Krispy Kreme. He did a bit about his uncle who laughed without smiling. He did a bit about trying to. <laughs> 
trying to get a fire truck from Kmart when he was a kid. Did a bit about him, a and his, him and his uh, cousin trying to fit into a compact car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a funny sight. I don't but, recall uh, him uh, working blue. But uh, no, Japanese breakfast. Yeah, I, I like this record. So that song that we just played is probably the poppiest. That's like a straight up like Madonna eighty song. Like there was another one that was sort of like that. Let's see. Um, I just remember it sounding way more. I was like, damn, they're going for like a, not trying to be on the radio per se, but like this could be on the radio. Yeah, but, yeah I, I don't think it was it, paprika. Paprika. Be. It doesn't. It doesn't come off as that to me when I'm listening to the record. I think that that's just the songs they were making. Like it doesn't feel like a reach necessarily, even though it doesn't fit in with the stuff they'd been doing yeah it seems like a natural progression like you're eventually uh i don't know i don't think there's anything bad or good about it i just it's just a noticeable yeah totally. vibe shift into a more kind of brighter sound like rather than just an indie rock band yep and uh good yeah, record. Seems like people really fucking like it they're selling people like, fucking the, a lot it. of times with these bands with some of these bands that i only like sort of know a little bit about i can only base like the size venues that they come through on like how big they are and uh i know that this was when things first started opening back up or so we thought this tour was a big one that came through like the national here and i assume the cradle there and yeah was quickly sold out and uh, and all that jazz so people love this is one of the first jay brecky oh sorry uh one of the first records where the vinyl shortage slowed down uh, you know, jam up at pressing plants became noticeable when a record we sold out of it pretty quickly. Um, and it was, we usually would order, you know, a pre order and then see how it does and then order more based off of that. And this was one of the instances where we were almost immediately unable to get more. And then it took forever, like months and months and months to get more back in because the plants were so jammed up that, like, they couldn't just stay, they basically underpressed, but they couldn't just, you know, fix that right away. This is one where it became noticeable where we were like, oh, shit, this might be a, like a real problem, like a, a real, real, real big problem um, was this particular record. I happened to notice it then. But. Jay, Jay Brecky, oh, also her book, by, her book came out, didn't it? Yeah. She put and, her book and out this year and it was like immensely popular. It's we it got a couple of hits on favorite books of the year. People like it. I know I talked to Charles and Chris at so-and-so books. Shout out to so-and-so books who run our book club. Um and a store I like in general, uh, they definitely sold a bunch of them. I mentioned how I like, I think they sold out multiple times and that they were getting people coming into the store specifically to pick it up. So that was cool. Um, I'm into it. I think it's, it seems like a good book. We have a copy here. Leona read it, I believe. Um, it's, you know, very popular. One of Leona's friends who is in high school with her, obviously, is a, um, like, I had the record up, like it had been recently played. And he was like, mm -hmm. you have that record? And, like, he was, like, fucking losing his mind that we had a Japanese breakfast record and we're, like, spinning it. Um, very popular. I would say kind of in the same boat as Indigo. Maybe more popular with, like, youngins than, like, you would expect, maybe. But, uh, I would definitely man, say very more, popular. I would definitely say more popular than Indigo on a big picture level. I'm talking about with, with just, like, younger kids. Like, Oh, I forgot about Indigo. I had one note for the Indigo I forgot to talk about. She was very kind enough to participate in oh, our Nice Price Books book Artist Choice Book Club, where she picked a book to pair with her new record. That's right. That's been a, a pretty successful thing. But I always, oh, hey, look, 
uh, when artists participate in our Artist Choice Book Club, it's always fun and awesome when people take the time and effort to consider a book and do that because it all it does is take time from them and they get nothing from it. And um, and it's always cool and helpful. So I appreciate it every time when someone does do it. Agreed. Waiting to hear back now, on the next on one. With the big one. Tyler, Tyler, the creator. Give me a hint. It, hint. Rhymes with uh, Bon Bon Jovi. <laughs> you got all that? Now, on with the countdown. Two. All right, here we go. At number two, we got one that was in my top five, actually. Hmm. Corey Hansen with Pale Horse Rider. There we go. Speaking of book club participants, uh, Corey Hansen also participated in our Artist Choice Book Club. He chose the book My Meteorite that was unlike anything I've ever read before in my whole entire life, good and bad. A truly bizarre book. Um, <laughs> good and bad. There were things about it that I really enjoyed, things about it that I was, I don't want to say didn't enjoy, but was confounded by. Um, and then it's also, uh, I'm a prude. And so there's several passages that I was made uncomfortable by. La, 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 la. <laughs> Precisely. Put my eye, my hands over my eyes and now I can't see anything. Not anything um, you'd see at a Bruce Bruce show is what you're saying. <laughs> this did not come with the Bruce Bruce stamp of approval, that is for sure. This is not on his nightstand, I don't think. Um, anyhow, I uh, love this. Okay. I mentioned earlier, Nathan, how I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a, a sheep people. I didn't. Go with the traditional top five. I decided this year more of a goat to boy. go with. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the goat boy. Uh, also, uh, speaking of people who've been canceled, uh, Mr. Brewer, um, shockingly, kind of a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a great uh, actor anyhow, this whole time. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, I decided instead of doing a top five. Or, or just calling an album your album of the year. We previously discussed how honorable mention, how it almost sounds better than being on the list. How you'd rather be an honorable mention than like a number 10, say? So this year I decided to instead have one record that is my honored mention. And it is Corey Hansen's Pale Horse Rider. Some people may call it an album of the year. I don't. It's a great record. It's my honored mention. Um, this is the record that uh, I think Nathan put me onto. I think you heard the first single first. I'm like, oh, I heard that Corey Hansen thing was great. Well, I and, got, um, so, man, not to not to cut you off, but like I had listened to, I had seen Wand open for Ty at a show at Motorco. I was into it, but not that into it. I, I enjoyed it, but it, not as good as Ty. I heard Corey Hansen's first solo record, which was totally different, and it fucking ripped i like loved it i listened to it a ton booked him for hopscotch um he couldn't come out with the full band it was like a whole thing but uh still like just loved the fucking record 
And then um, the Wand record after that I got very into. So when I heard the first single off this and it was kind of even more my vibe, I, I got incredibly excited. Yeah, same. And then it turns out the whole record's great and I love it. And it's one of the few records that I've played this year throughout all the time, sort of intermittently, always go back to it. The 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 honor to mention this year there will be a record I listen to going forward for perhaps ever, perhaps my entire life. Um, I love it, and I think it'll be a record that people will discover years later, from years from now, ages, decades from now, and think is great. Um, I will say he's probably the I think he's the only artist on our list this year who said that the entirety of the Beatles documentary Get Back was a deep fake. Uh, I don't know if that changes your, his ranking for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, shout out, you know, whatever. <clears throat> uh, that one point where, where Paul goes, I don't know what the nubs are. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, he's don't so know, that's what's cool off? about it. It's like they're real people, you know? <laughs> Seems like he would know. They're that's what just everyone volume. says about I've it. got a very similar bass. It's a volume knob, Paul. Like, I feel like you could figure that one out. That made me like qu- kind of question things. Um, I also happened to re catching up on stuff. I watched the video for uh, Pale Horse Rider tonight on YouTube.com, and I saw a comment. And this, I'm bringing this up because Matt, you referenced your the band The Grateful Dead earlier, um, and you being a Grateful Dead Great head. Band. Um, someone said that this album reminded them of uh, Broke Down Palace, hmm. which is that a song or an album? song off of working I mean, man's death no i got American one thing Beauty. this album reminds me of and liz said it i can never get it out of my brain it sounds like tom york singing songs off zuma and <laughs> i just fucking think that that's the most accurate version of way you can describe this in the most basic way like r-i-y-l it's just it's like so it's kind of classic neil young vibes Paired with a dude that kind of sings, she's not wrong. More modern, and I, <laughs> what's interesting is I don't listen to Radiohead, so that like that I never in a million years would have thought of that. I think we I talked see, about this love, when we brought up the record the first time. I don't love Radiohead. I do think that it's it's like a he's got a good voice. I mean, if and I think if Radiohead wrote Neil Young records, then I'd probably like him a little bit more. And uh, Corey Hansen has kind of proven that. I'm curious to know what band it is that if they made quote Neil Young records, you wouldn't like them more. Sorry. It's a weird, it's a weird, tough question. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we'll save that one for the next, for the number one on the list. Not sure I want to hear their take. <laughs> yeah, uh, y'all definitely like this more than me. I love that song. Like that stuff. Like if I liked all the songs as much as I like Pale Horse Rider, it would definitely be in my top five. But for me, it was a like record, not a love record. There were some skip I other people to me. said the same thing. Yeah. Um, I did love it. Curtly said that. Shout off. <laughs> Big shout off. I like it better than whatever that other song was. You know that. what? I just bleep that shit. I don't even want to. I don't, I don't want to give him the satisfaction. But no, great record. Um, shout out, future guests of the pod. Hopefully, uh, work? now on with the count. <laughs> just say that. One. Shit. All right. Oh As voted by. The listeners of the pod and the customers of Nice Price. I can't believe this is where we are. And family. We have number one. Matt's favorite band. 
We got featuring contributions from Blood Orange and Julian Baker. Uh, and by that band, you, by those two, you might guess exactly what this sounds like. Again, Matt Phone's favorite band. Hardcore legends, true punks. We have Turnstile with Glow On. Keeping the scene alive. I think we're restarting. I'll, I'll give you a little help here. You can't cancel out number one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's right. We got Turnstile, Baltimore's own. Huge record, huge band. I'm clearly in the wrong. I'm the minority. I don't like this album. I don't like this band, but people fucking wow. are ripping their They're nards off rate. over this band. Ripping <laughs> their nards off. You just can't help yourself. I, so uh, be a damn pervert. I, I you know... It's one of those records, Matt. You're the one that did turn me on to this band, not in like a. Have you heard this? It was you hit me up like a, maybe a month or two before it came out, and you were like, "What the fuck's going on with this fucking band?" Like they were getting. Were kinda, like, I could feel it rumbling. The buzz was you were like, like it was popping this up. This shit is crazy. Have you heard of this band? Everybody's talking about them, and I was like, I haven't even fucking heard about them. And basically, from that day forward, somebody asked me about Turnstile almost every day for like fucking three months. It was like. <laughs> It was absurd. This band got so popular so fast, and I'm not I, even I, so much hating on it. Like I'm, uh, I'm hyped for them. I guess like the kid, I know what the, you mean. It's like I it's just don't just, get it. It makes me feel old. Maybe is why I'm like you got crazy. <laughs> I agree. I think that's what your issue is. Is your you're staring at your immortality. And then it's like this sounds like Sugar Ray with like three eleven. I don't know. It's just well, that's the same. The first time I heard it, I was like, this sounds like that first Sugar Ray record before they went pop. Since everyone knows that one, (laughs) that's yeah. But you should have heard you should have heard Nathan's tone when he said that. He's like, this is that first before they went pop. He's really mad. He still holds that grudge. It did. It did. Everybody was like, I was like, how? I didn't understand how it was. The one thing I didn't understand was how it was a hardcore band, Um, and people kept saying that hardcore. Turnstile like hardcore like Baltimore hardcore this and that and like I was just like man this really just sounds like like bands that were on TRL when we were kids like this sounds like my childhood like mainstream music and also nothing um, you would ever call in the punk world no not not it's, really it's on and, surface level like that's not something you would hear and be like oh they're like well liked in the punk community it's like no, oh this I have a like- question about about their live set does it <clears throat> sound like this yes it, yeah pretty much that I, you know I. I listened to I mean, this a, look, a ton. This, this is a band that I knew was they like their last record. I cannot recall the name of it, um, but I remember it was enough of a deal that we got the last one at this. I want to say we got the last one at the store, and like we don't generally stock a ton of like hardcore stuff generally, but they, it was a big enough deal then that we got it 
and sold it. Like they were already like the hardcore band that people didn't like hardcore like right. already. And not every part of all their songs sounds exactly like that clip he played. There are some parts that will sound more quote punk than that, but it's it's it's, it's like a mix I of mean, a lot of genres. There's also some parts that sound more like the fucking Blood Orange stuff. Julian Baker's on the fucking record. Like there, it's like it's crazy. It's all over the place. It sounds. Do I mean, they everybody... identify still as hardcore? Like, is this a thing that everyone's putting on them? And they're like, no, we never did yeah. that. I think that they do. I think they're all like from of the like. That's like when I asked. I remember I asked one person one time uh, that was in a fairly big band a decade or two ago. I said, "Did you think of your band as pop punk or emo?" And they said, "I guess I just thought of it as punk." <laughs> I said, "Oh boy." Um, well, that hurt your feelings, young man. <laughs> But I think that they still they still think of it like that, and uh, you know this. I can't fucking pretend like I didn't listen to this record a ton. Uh, this is maybe like this. I, I guarantee this is one of my top ten most played albums. There's something about it that scratched an itch. I don't know if I loved it. I don't know if I'll turn back to it a ton over time. But like this past year, when I was just like driving around and shit, man, like I really did listen to it a lot. Listen, I'll tell you, there was a moment we were in the north, like the desert of California. And instead of listening to Cray Hansen, you were playing Turnstile. And I said to myself, Self, what in the hell is going on in this world? Well, that's that's specifically <laughs> because Turnstile was playing in L.A. the same night we were there. And some of our friends' friends were at the show. And we were, and they, everybody was like, what and does to give more context, like? And to give more context, we very specifically, they were a topic of conversation. And you were playing it for us to listen to it. But I will say it was still a wacky moment of like, I think the video for this Corey Hansen song was recorded right over there. And <laughs> yeah. said we were listening to fucking Turnstile. You dream of, yeah, you're like, when um, am I ever going to be in the desert again? Like, what's a perfect desert, driving through the desert record? <laughs> oh, we did play a lot of Neil Young, so let's not get it twisted. Um, but, uh, what was I going to Recently on Fallon. Or no, was, they were on some late night show. Yeah, Fallon, maybe. Maybe Joe Rogan? <laughs> Late night show. Um, you can listen to it anytime you want to, Matt. Um, I guess that's true. I'm, I am surprised. Well, I shouldn't say I'm surprised that this is number one. Um, I, 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 sh- I am. I'm surprised it's number one. I was surprised I'm as well. I'm not surprised that it's in the top very high up. But uh, partially because it's been a... I don't know. When did it come out? I feel like it's, it was like the summer, right? August. Okay, yeah. It came out in August. We sold out of it absolutely immediately. Speaking of records that were on a press, every single pressing of this record, every variant, there's like 10 different colored variants, every one of them goes for like $6,200 on discount. Well, Matt sent me a picture like the week of the record came out of someone that had turnstile sheets. Yeah, uh, Bobby, who runs the Vinyl Conflict here, which is like the sorry state <clears throat> of here, he he loves this record. And I think Daniel kind of like gives like their buds. And I think they he like zings him because Daniel does not like this. And he was getting all the promotional materials just because he was the store account was hyping this record up so hard. And he's like known them. I think a lot of what it is, it's like if you come up, people maybe know them from playing shows and stuff over the years. So they're kind of like pulling for them, like the young kids in the scene. Yeah. So I think that's part of what isn't. It's almost endearing that they're getting hype. The people who have known them for a little while, whereas to us, it's just like younger kids making music that we don't really understand why people love it so much. I, yeah, I, I totally well, I get it. It's the catchiest it, album of the. I will say, I think, I think it's the catchiest album that came out that came out this year. Every yeah, single I get part why of it is popular. But there are people who have it's like more, seen them open for other bands. Like they've they've done it the right way. They've toured just like every other band, and like 
They didn't just like kind of get lucky and make it big. I mean, they did. I but... think it's more to y'all's discussion earlier about the genre stuff, where it's not so much that we, whether the record's good or bad or, or any of that stuff. Like, I perfectly get why I haven't listened to it that much, but it's more so the fact that when you're told ahead of time that it's a hardcore band and then you hear this record, you're thrown for a complete and total loop and it's kind of confusing. To me, I think this record sounds way more like Japan Droids than it sounds like a lot of other stuff. Like that when Japan Droids, like the last record when they like went, try to go like full huge sound. Yeah. Not the first one. Or like even the way like, I'm trying to think of another good example. It doesn't sound like this band even at all, but the way that um, the band that holds steady suddenly had one record that crossed over and they went from like a band that played like very small venues to Were suddenly th- playing. They're playing like ones. the outdoor stage on David Letterman, not the, not just like as a musical. Actor. And like, yeah. And the record was on like everybody's list somewhere on the list. And someone's like, Hey, I don't usually listen to pub rock, but this whole city record just kind of stuck in my, I, I kept going back to it. That kind of vibe. That's, I, I, that's not the best example. There's a better one that I just cannot think of. And it's me absolutely fucking insane. Well, also, um, shout out to Friend of the Pod, Paul Blessed, who was a person who um, had told me about this record because he loves it. I believe that's Paul Willerst. <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Excuse me. And uh, he he was telling me that, like, he does consider him hardcore. He listens to hardcore still. And he said that people just freak out because anytime a hardcore band does something like this, then they like, try to, like, push him out of this. Basically, like, what we were talking about with, like, what happens with hip hip hop. Where like if somebody does something slightly In different, country than, too. yeah, like, yeah, like I mean, and he was like, he still he loved it. He had nothing but good things to say, and he is like ahead of that type of music. So sort of similar to what you're saying about your buddy Bob, Bobby, uh, Matt, is I think that this is beloved by certain people within that scene, even yeah. if it's kind of not all the way across. He, the he's just hyped to see him like blowing up. Already. Like he, he was, uh, yeah, like, maybe it's similar, yeah. to like Metallica when they like blew up, blew up. Some people saw that as like they're conquering heroes, and some people saw it as sellouts or whatever. Like, we yeah, had it's great. It's like fifty years ago, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't. I had another point. I was going to ask. I cannot. Yeah, my my whole thing is that I don't so much hate on it for not being what people call it. I just I am just surprised that certain people like it because <laughs> if I played this any, they, any other band that they, sounded like they that, they'd be like, "What the hell is this?" Fred. Like the one guy was is uh, a. <laughs> Obviously, it's from TUI. We all know that. And so, like, they have the cred of, like, they they were in bands that were uh, unassailable prior to this. Yeah. Um, so. It just trips me out. Good record. There. Very catchy. Matt hates it. Um, even though he's the one that showed it to me. It's like Green Day. How. That's a great call. Oh boy! Spawn from Op Ivy, Band I but love. then went on to another thing, and then are now he's been. There you go. Turnstiles the new Green Day, apparently. Any definitely the new uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, it sounds more like that. But see, I I like Turnstile better. This Turnstile record better than like any Red Hot Chili Peppers record since I was in middle school and like Red Hot Minute. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. was kind of kidding. <laughs> well, that's oh, okay. that, that's the thing I see over and over. But again, only kind of them to Red Hot Chili Peppers. But um, anyway, that's the top ten submitted. Now, one thing I wanted to ask. I feel like all you know, we do is shit all over that record, and I feel weird about it. But I don't think. I mean, I don't think that that's. I don't think anything we said is crazy. I I said multiple times how much I enjoyed it. Um, that's true. I don't. I don't know what. I mean, I think that it's kind of unavoidable to not talk about that type of stuff when you're talking about that record. So. 
Turnstile. Genre bending. Genre bending. Check it out. You might like it. A shitload of people who put in the survey really liked it. Um, it didn't make my list, but again, it, when I was listening back to prepare for this podcast, Liz said, wow, you've listened to this album so much this year. What was number two? Uh, Corey Hansen. Those were like neck and neck of people who come to the store or or look at our Instagram at least. So Corey Hansen, I will say before me and Enix list got put in, uh, was not in the top ten. <laughs> so uh, oh, I, I think it being so high up on our two lists really gave it a solid boost into that number two spot. Fair enough. Um, but uh, now one, the, one's pretty under the radar. One is like <laughs> a different thing. <laughs> Um, now did any, now I, I was going to mention a couple records that were in my top five or just that came out this year that did not make our list. I don't know if you guys want to mention any of yours. Sure. Um, so the one I was going to talk about first, which was on our list, just not high enough to make it into the top 10 was my, uh, I guess why Enix book, my honored mention of the year is John Andrew and the yawns cookbook which I fucking loved. I listened to it. That would be my most played album of the year. I listened to it so fucking much. I kind of slept on it for like the first couple months, and then over the summer when we were taking um, some trips to the beach, it just fucking hit me just right. <laughs> so, uh, man, it's it's really never... Once I started listening hey, to it, I, I still have listened to it probably once a week since I started playing it. I like that one a lot, too. And I, I'll add... There's one of mine that they're not, these records aren't alike at all, but I think we probably talked about them on the same episode. We did sort of like a recap. This might've been the last episode we did sort of like, uh, what do we call it? Like, uh, Spitfire. Like, yeah. uh, let's just name some shit we, we've been listening to just to throw some Spit out there. Fire. Um, he's seen crossfire. I think you mean His a rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, uh, that Freak Jeans record, I almost didn't put it on my top five because in my mind it was last year. <laughs> and that, yep. y- that Yawns record in my mind was filed similarly. It, so that, that happened with uh, Nathan and I with Blue Cactus, I believe. Blue Cactus, yeah. Shout out to Blue Cactus. One of our favorite North Carolina releases this year. Didn't make it in the top ten, was definitely on the list. Um, the, yeah, same thing. Same thing with that Freak Jeans. When I saw that on yours, I was shocked. That it was Same thing with that uh, Silicon Prairie. That was another one from same label and uh i thought that that i could have sworn that that was fucking 2020 but man yeah all all those ones we talked about this over the last pod were like this same year that we were categorizing now it just seems like it's it's wild (laughs) it's not in my mind that conversation we had was doing this i was like we were talking about records from last year right (laughs) no we're same year yep it's it's Hey, I just learned something funny. Um, one of the guys in Turnstile, his name is Pat McCrory. <laughs> That's not true. Is that true? It's one hundred. Yeah, it is. Now and it's the I same one. It, it might be the former governor of North Carolina. I'm not positive. He might be in Turnstile. What does he play? Uh, drums, probably. Pat McCrory plays drums. No, there's no fucking way. No, no. I bet he. Pl- I yeah. bet he's the DJ. I bet he scratches. Pat, Pat McCrory plays rhythm guitar and backing vocals in Turnstile. That's a sentence you can say aloud that is true. Well, hey, yeah, I, I guess I guess nobody's perfect. <laughs> I guess no band is perfect. 
Severed term style. But um, what's what's something that was on your list, Enoch, that didn't make the make the cut? What's that? Excuse me, I said what's something that's on your uh, least honorable mentions list? Uh, Also, did you know that uh, Jim Hunt plays bass for Turnstile? Just kidding. Um, uh, So, uh, uh, (laughs) Governor James B. Hunt of Memorial Highway, where the hell it is? Naming Uh, naming uh, other dead (laughs) old North Carolina politicians. What did Jim Hunt do? Yeah, be the man of death with a full key. Dear God. (laughs) That's that's not true. Do not repeat that. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, I've, I've been inside his not, building at the fairgrounds. There were not honored mentions. Um, there were just some records I loved. Uh, a theme being records, a couple of records about bands that uh, I loved that other people like and that everyone said wasn't their best work, but I loved would be both the new Courtney Barnett and the new Ty Siegel. Um, I realize people have Ty Siegel fatigue at this point. Um, but I thought the new one is one of, if not his best record. I loved it. I haven't been that enthusiastic about. Well, you, I'm, not a, I'm not like a Ty Siegel guy. You liked that Freedom have, Band like, record. You, when that came out, you also said maybe your favorite. I think you just like his yeah. records better as he's getting older. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, um, he's the inverse of Hitler. You know, like the more you learn about him, the more you hate him. Opposite. Listen, the Ty more Siegel. I hear about this guy, the more I don't care for him. <laughs> So, uh, I, yeah, and then the new Courtney Barnett, which seemingly Didn't the even entire world agrees is, is not her best work, and yet it's the one I've liked the most. Not the most. I don't know, but that first one was – I guess the first one was technically two EPs, though. Um, so I think – I have a theory with that Courtney Barnett because I liked it as well. Um, it seems like it got washed under the, under the radar. Like I, it didn't make any lists that I saw. Like it, I didn't know if she had it's, one. It's one of the least produced. So some of the things we're talking about with, like, like low – or even that fucking Indigo record where, where she's got some, like, tracks that have, like, auto-tune and stuff like that. This Courtney Bar- Barnett record, I mean, it could almost be a fucking live record at times. Like, it's really straightforward. And I don't know if that hurt it. Is this a drum machine on, on several tracks instead of uh, traditional? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's hand. almost like, it's not demos, but, like, it's got, like, a very stripped-down vibe, I think, in comparison to where she had been before. I don't know if that makes total sense because she was kind of stripped, but it's just it's just got a vibe of I understand why um, maybe like her her version of like New Morning or something like that where people are like hey, he's just throwing shit together, um, but uh, a little foreshadowing. I liked it as well. I liked it a lot. I I'm into it, and then uh, I don't know if this counts. I mean, it was released this year, um, but the well, there was a new Daniel Mono record, Cobra Poems. I listened to a lot. But I actually, obviously, I'm not going to put two of the same artists. So the one I actually played the most was the fully plugged in. I think it's a, it might be, I think it's on Spotify and stuff, but it's, it, yeah. uh, but it's, I think it's not CD was the issue. It's the LP only release, but um, fully plugged in, which uh, is a great live set. And then also features some live versions of some of those like Bandcamp only songs. Mm. Uh, and so as a, as a set, it's a great one. I, I listened to that. A, and there's a great Kinks cover on there. Um, I love it. Great record. Love that. I played that a ton. Um, and I think, like I said, I'm not, I'm not some, like, doofus who's going to make a generic top five, top ten, like some sort of, sort of loser. But uh, Cactus Lee and then my honored mention of Corey Hansen. 
um, out. Matt, did you have any other ones? Um, Michael Hurley creeped in with a record like pretty re- like right. this month, and you like that one? That's the one you're talking about. That was too- yeah. If we'd have done this on quote unquote on time, uh, legendary. On time is when I get never there, made it. We always uh, legendary. Um, Nathan, you like you know this genre, freaky deaky folk. Yeah, Spotify tells me that's my most played genre. But your cannot, second most played cannot was, pinpoint was... what that's from. By the way, just cannot figure it out. But well, it... naughty folk was your second most played. <laughs> so between the two, freaky freaky's different than naughty, in in this filing system somehow. Listen, you can kiss these Bruce Bruce states goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> With this sort of talk, um, but yeah, if you don't know Michael Hurley, he's uh, he put the I know this off the bat because he put it out on his 80th birthday, or to the articles kept saying he was 80 years old. Um, and he does really likable kind of folk music. There's a Leuven Brothers cover on here, uh, just really pleasant sounding, cool, simple music. And uh, what else was on my thing? I had two uh, two perpetual doom things that I listened to a lot. I guess you could say I'm a straight doomer now. The I listened to that Ryan Sample, a previous guest of the pod, Ryan Sample Gestalt. Who, uh, speaking of which, we uh, reached out to him when he was on the Pitchfork. Like uh, they didn't even. It was less than honorable mention, but it was like the overlooked records. Oh, uh, maybe it was underrated. I think that's what he said. Like the, the, the nothing better than being. I texted him like I, I made a joking congratulations and also like joked that perhaps um, he got the, uh, the the nice price bump, the MPB bump. That we that's how we got it. That we we're the ones who got him there. Um, he said no better compliment than underrated. And then he said could have done it without you, which I, that was a nice little touch. Uh, shout out! That's a great record. It's definitely on our overall list. It just didn't make the top ten, I, I, which I think he would prefer. I'm gonna shout out one more record that's in my top five, um, which is that Rosalie No Medium record, which I've listened to a bunch, and it's got our Omaha correspondents David Nance on it, um, along with some of the Simon Joyner crew and uh, Noah. I'm blanking. Noah Gallagher. No, what's the dude from uh, David Nance and all them? Sturba. Um, oh yeah, Noah Sturba. You got Noah Sturba. It's got, got it's got it's got all those dudes. I think she went out there and recorded it with them in Omaha, and I think the record fucking rips. It's got some of the best songs of the year on it. Um, and I saw she's been touring wow. with His Golden Messenger, so um, recently, but uh. Was that Astute Palette this year, too? Because that record was rad. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. I, but, yeah, so shout out. Rosalie, formerly of the Long Hots, and a bunch of bands that people like, and mm. uh, her new record with David Nance it, and crew. It fucking rips. Check it out if you haven't heard it. And I keep th- I mean, I keep thinking of ones. I, keep, I mean, I sent you a few. There was a, I wanted to talk about this on the pod. There's that Lee Baggett record that's kind of. Oh, yeah. That's actually one that I was going to say because I haven't listened to that. You sent that to us. We we're going to talk That's about the other it. Doom one. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Lee Baggett is at 14 on our list, and I almost wanted to expand Someone our countdown else to 14. Said that? It's, Some... it's enough people said it to make it to 14. Whoa! I felt like that was like a. I don't. I don't know. I didn't know how much people knew about that. So it's just after Donda. <laughs> 
it's <laughs> on, it goes, our, on the list. It goes Kanye, Snail Mail, Lucy Dacus, Lee Baggett. That's crazy to me. <laughs> then at 15, we have Mike and the Moon Pies. <laughs> uh, it was, it, they kind of promoted it in this way that seemed like it was a, a lot like one of those unearthed at a thrift store kind of finds that they reissued. Yeah. yeah. But it is not exactly that. It's a guy who has been in bands and stuff, and he's still making music. He was in this band Little Wings, if you were ever aware of them. And yeah. I think this music was recorded a while ago. It, but it wasn't like lost or anything. He's just it, it, they they present it in a kind of mysterious way, but I think it's on purpose. It's part of the whole thing, and I think I, it, and it sounds really drifty, like it was maybe recorded on the porch of like a beach house over a summer, and it's just him kind of strumming acoustic guitar, very minimal but chill drums, and just really I don't the the kind of shit I really like listening to. Um, Stripped down, folky, but like psych, psychedelic at the same time. And uh, the the title track, "Just a Minute," is one of my listened, most listened to songs of the year for sure. So that definitely um, that was close to sliding in. To we're not close to sliding in. It was in my top five. But if it, that song was maybe the number one of as far as songs go. Also, "Smoke Bellows" was my number one. I should at least mention the fucking number one. <laughs> you didn't even mention your number one. You're going to play with them, right? Or you were supposed to? Yeah. Or I guess we're still going to, theoretically. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So that's um, some of the ones on our list. I guess, Matt, do you want to mention... Not We don't have to talk about every single show that we saw in 2021, but I was thinking that we would just talk about this uh, Bobby D show we saw in DC, his last show of the tour. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even though we were going to shows there for a little while, I didn't go to a ton, I guess. Um, just saw the dead, but I think we talked about that. That's uh, right. There, there was a few, but yeah, Bobby D, probably the most notable one. Maybe. How was it? Fun as hell. Rip. Maybe his last yeah, show. Awesome. Awesome. Give me an idea. What's on the What's on the set list these days? Mostly rough and rowdy ways. If we're being honest, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of rough and rowdy. It was the last. Did you play uh, the JFK song, the like eighteen minute one. We were wondering, I was waiting for it. I kept saying, I was telling, you know, I was like, excuse me, I was telling Dimly Dinwiddie, I was saying that uh, this is good in DC. He's gonna play it. Last day he's of the tour, for sure. Gonna play this, and yeah. uh, no, no, no such luck. Um, but those songs on the new right. album were amazing live. To bring it full circle, uh, Corey Hansen referenced wanting to make a JFK assassination Christmas-themed movie called Degrassi Noel. <laughs> pretty good. Um, anyhow, uh, I'm glad you all enjoyed Bob. He seemed chill, you said? The band was cool? He was seemed he like he was cool? having a good time. He sounded pretty good. He was kind of doing he, these little moves. He had, <laughs> he had a couple at of one moves. point, he was like, good to be back in D.C. Uh, man, I remember Country Gentleman here. Y'all remember Country Gentlemen? Yeah. <laughs> it was like straight up crickets. Yeah. And he was like, they were from here. <laughs> he, na- he named the members of the band. Uh, he's so Steve Jenkins, he's gone. But <laughs> Bobby Williams, he's gone. Rest in peace. <laughs> Man, it got me. And then he said, uh, uh, back good to be in DC, Pentagon City. Home of the uh home of the Mayflower Hotel. We're Pentagon City. Where the uh, where uh, where uh, 
FDR used to have breakfast and lunch at at the Mayflower Inn every single day, or something. <laughs> I'd like this weird That's these great, weird little yeah. tidbits. Jealous of that. And that was the only time he really spoke, other than introducing the band. Oh, uh, Nathan, we should. I don't know if we want to mention it or not, but we did. Uh, we mentioned. I briefly mentioned we were in the desert in California. We did. Uh, went out to La La Land. I call right. it Holly Weird. Has that picked up there yet? Holly Weird. Tentacle Not yet. Power. We tried to move it around a little bit. See how see how it shifted. One of these days. Uh, um, saw a couple of Bugs games. Sporting events. One of them we had. Not to brag, but it's hard oh, to not to brag. Boy. We had. Here it uh, is. Courtside passes. Yes, yeah, please. Said, uh, un- unadulterated brag. Yeah, we <laughs> we got to go and uh, get free drinks and food at this like swag uh, zone, and it was chill and. I saw my first ever artificial rump in that zone, and it was so. Uh, That's your one takeaway, huh? Visu- visually, I forgot all insane. about that. Then I went around to every single person in our party and said, "Oh my God, look over there! That girl's got a fake butt—the one in the camo." I said it to every single person we were talking to because this woman's butt was so fake; it looked as if you took a pillow and just stuffed it down the back of your pants. It was visually hilarious. Sounds the people tight. who we were with that that were from LA were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, I thought I'd seen it like a damn unicorn in the in the flesh, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, no shit." And I, but it looked absolutely insane. I saw Jay Versace at the grocery store, no big deal. I saw Tyler Glasnow in the swag zone, no big deal. We saw at the um at the Lakers game we went to. We didn't have courtside. We were we were stuck up in the uh the suites. We had a, we had a, we had a box. <sighs> the box at the Stable Center was rough, and uh <laughs> and when we were you mean the crypto at that center. Game, there was a shitload of celebrities there. I was like, fuck, they're sitting in our seats. Those are our seats. Dude, uh, Nathan saw his shams in a, uh, in a Rolls Royce on the way out of the arena. About ran over Nooch. Yeah, Enoch was like looking at his phone. Fucking in a Rolls Royce, shams just fucking took him out. <laughs> Had to grab no, Enoch by the collar, fucking pull him back. Enoch's on his phone. Shams is on his phone. Also, give me, give me credit, by the way, Nathan. You neglected to mention, we shared a box with NASCAR employees. And I didn't like act like a complete you didn't herb. Yeah, you went alone. I didn't mention anything about it because I, I was like, uh. "It's true. It's amazing." Um, well, you're saying you're fun. saying you could have. We were in the same. We, we the this fucking guy. <laughs> I'm saying we you could have acted a like a door they, they in all, front of them. <laughs> I could have mentioned my NASCAR fandom and like geeked out a little bit, but instead I was like, "Ah, let's make it awkward. I'll just chill." Um. <clears throat> But yeah, we had a great time out in La La Land, visited the desert, almost died out there, no big deal. Um, then uh, we Angels. had one, one other show I was going to mention is I saw the Willie Nelson Sturgill Simpson show at Walnut Creek. Mm-hmm. And potentially Sturgill's last show ever is you what people, the... are, people are claiming. Yeah. Um, which I feel cords erupted. I hope that that's not the case. I thought that his set was amazing. I've still never seen him live. And his voice sounded really good. I had tickets to see him at Lincoln Theater. And that same tour? Got, no, like <laughs> fucking 100 years ago. And it got canceled because he got sick or something. I remember and, that. Uh, I remember that. And, and when it they, happened, I remember thinking, I bet his agent forced him to get sick to get like some like bigger play. Like he and was he getting so popular so fast at that size, and so then I never, I still haven't seen him. I heard he's good. What if you saw? I thought it was amazing. What if you saw Sturgill and Bob Dylan's last shows in the, the same year? Bite your tongue, oh, on bite your tongue. Bobby D. What are you doing, man? 
Don't, yeah. don't put that on him. Edit that shit out. I said, what if? That'd be crazy, huh? Uh, I mean, then I would feel like a true curse. Yeah, then, then I would kill feel... Matt instead of Bob Dylan. <laughs> Man, I've been, li- but I, I did listen to a shitload of Bob Dylan this year. It, he was probably my most. You don't even want to know what Nathan said as soon as we got back to the hotel. By the way, Please <laughs> if tell you're me. giving me good, shit, good show. <laughs> um, what did you say? <laughs> tell me. So we've been talking about what if it's his last show the whole time? Because who knows no. if Why? we're to tour again. What is wrong with you, um, freaks? Why would you say that? No, well. What was his last show of the tour? And he's a thousand. So I'm saying that was a that was kind of like a topic the whole time. Like, yo, what if this is we see his last show? Like he's can't he's not getting any younger. All right, all right. Uh <laughs> we'd had a few Well, uh, it was it was part of the motivation for like even going up there, if I'm being honest. Like like part of it was like after Ooh, I, I wanna see a corpse. I didn't see Tom Petty's last tour. I kinda fucking bailed. I was thought I'd be able to see him again and I was just like Same. Fucking! I'm just gonna go up there. It's like his last show on the last tour, possibly. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just building this up a little bit to, t- to give you the vibe so far, as far as what we had been chatting about leading up to it. So we'd had us a few, we'd had us a few sips of tequila in the night, uh, <laughs> maybe a pitcher of Coronas, maybe a twisted tea or two. <laughs> at the, at, that was at the Bob Dylan gig. Uh, we get back to the hotel, have another tequila or two, and he's like. God, I hope he fucking dies tomorrow. <laughs> Just so we can say that we saw the last one. One, shame on you. <laughs> Two, you didn't want to see his last show. You wanted to see his last night alive. I was hoping he's going to fucking not, die on stage, to be honest. But he doesn't play again. But on, oh, my God. A lot of he's people were hoping for it. Sarah. I know. <laughs> No, they weren't. Yeah, there was a guy out front that said, uh, I saw Bob Dylan's last show, and I think it was a question mark at the end <laughs> with the guy, like, a hopeful face. <laughs> um, no, it was great. Uh, I will say Willie. I will say Willie. Uh, still sounds like Willie vocally. Maybe they need to, uh, you know, turn that guitar down a notch or two. Yeah, they're doing him a disservice. The last turn time I saw, have somebody else playing acoustic guitar over top of him. Turn that up in the mix. The time I like, saw, the only other time I saw Bob was was also with Willie. Funny enough, and Willie kind of stole the show that night. This was in the mid two thousands, mind you. I saw Still Bob had a little juice in the, the mid two thousands, and and I I thought it was good, but I heard that people were like telling me when I saw they were like, "Oh, you got lucky. They're right. not all so good anymore." Right. So I think maybe that was like a thing back then. Eric Hill told me that. I saw him at a show. I saw him at Cuckoo Booth in 2002. I call it yeah. Cuckoo Booth. Oh, we were still in high school. And I, I remember thinking that they crushed and that it was great. I thought that the show I saw was really good when he, when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I... I now, the only difference thing, I didn't wish him ill will immediately following the show. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a different, like, headspace I was in. I, I wasn't like... Uh, I wasn't, like, blowing out candles and wishing he would die. Seeing shooting stars and hoping for his no, that boy's spry. I definitely, man, that boy is. He, I thought he was up, <clears> up there on the the stage, just jumping around pretty good. Um, he didn't play guitar at all, but he played piano a lot, and he would stand up some and do little moves. Kind of. He didn't play guitar when I saw him either, and that was in, that was twenty years ago. So, Damn. yeah, same. Wonder what. Uh, he did play sax. <laughs> Sunglasses on. Oh. <laughs> um, 
All right, we got a couple more things we're going to mention here on this year-end bonanza comeback show. Second to last episode of the trucking season. Uh, please do not call this a comeback. Please. That's what they said. <laughs> For the love of God. Um, and then, uh, so we got a couple of movies here that we saw. Um, the two things that, well, really, there's three things that are on here the most. Okay. Only one of them I have seen. Dune, The Green Knight, and Pig. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Know, what is Green Knight or Pig? I'm Green Knight. I'm familiar with all of these. Green Knight I'm familiar with. I've been meaning to see it. I have not seen it. I saw Dune. I'm unfamiliar with Pig. Matt, what is that about? Pig is my favorite one of this. Well, You saw all three. Well, I didn't see Green Knight. But it didn't also look like something I wanted to see. Oh, Green Knight's Mr. What Red. What is it? It's from your boys, A24. Yeah. Enoch. I've heard enough. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's based on an old kid. There was a kid in the store wearing an A24 sweatshirt the other day. It's been, I almost stole It's, it's apparently based on an old kid's tale or from folklore or something. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, is it from that? I guess it's so. Like, I wasn't familiar with the story. But yeah, pe- going, people yeah, seem right. to know. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I guess it's some heady take it's on like that. It's like a Camelot King Arthur shit. It's like a, like a, from a thousand years ago. Got it. So take that info and decide whether or not you'll see it based on that. Uh, Dune. Mild Dune based on Dune. Highly anticipated. Um, Dune based on Dune. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I thought that movie was good. I enjoyed it. Pig was is... Was it based off uh, the, uh, the OG movie, Dune? Or was it based off the book, Dune? The book. Based it's off the book, more Dune. Like the book, yeah. The, the movie is pretty polarizing. People kind of hate that. Or at least the, the, like the David Lynch version. People love it and people hate it. And then there's also a Dune that was maybe filmed or started to film. They never finished, yeah. I believe. There, there's a documentary Fire about that movie. Uh, Jodorowsky or whatever his name is? Yeah. However, Pig is a movie. Oh shit! I just noticed worms, one thing correct? on this. On this, not that it matters that much, but um, the uh, music person, the guy that did the music on the Green Knight, Daniel Hart, uh, former Triangle resident. You know, he used to play with in that band. Fuck! What the fuck was it called? He used to play with Annuals all the time. Daniel um, Hart. Physics of meaning. I mean, he used to, he's played with, like, Rosebuds, Annuals, Broken... I'm looking at his thing right now. Polyphonics yeah, Free. He played was, with St. Vincent. It was um, Daniel and uh, Brett and Jim the Anvil. But Guys, he did the music for that. That's band. pretty cool. Hell, yeah. Pig's a Nick Cage movie about someone stealing Nick his... Cage is in it? Oh, yeah. I might watch that tonight. And and it's Cave good. Nick Nicholas Cage, star of Con Air and Raising Arizona. Well, shout out to those three movies. That, that seems to be what people watched mostly. One guy said Days of Thunder. No chance of that being great included movie. on our final list. That is a great movie. Um, it's not from 2021, though. No so. one put it. There's a couple uh, that I'm surprised that didn't get mentioned. Like what? Uh, Wes, Anderson, Wes Anderson put out a new movie. I'm not saying that yeah, I... That, that was kind of l- later, though, right? Like That, that was kind of like fourth quarter, so... I'm just saying. I don't know what's up. What's up with this card counter movie? I call call me crazy for thinking people who shop at a record store might like a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> Never heard of her. Um, 
together. Okay, let's let's move on. We got to keep it moving, boys. We're on let's a time limit here. We got we have a time. We have a fucking countdown coming up. I forgot um, about our time our countdown clock. <laughs> that like we're we are up a, against it. That is a long time ago, boy. Um. <laughs> so on the books, we had a couple. We had crying in H Mart was probably the the most mentioned. That one had a lot of buzz. Um, some of these I don't know for sure that they were this year. If I'm being honest, some of them I don't know at all. Yeah, Action I saw like Bronson on there. That's definitely not 2021. <laughs> um, uh, somebody put "Come as You Are." I know that I read that when I was like fucking seven. Um, did you write best book? What did you? How did no, you if work? It, if it's best book they read this year, I mean, twenty books are also a little bit of an unfair ask, and that so many people, myself included. It's tough to read keep paperbacks. Up to yeah. And by the time a paperback comes out, it's often been several months. So you're usually not reading something that came out that year. I will say I'm surprised. The book I heard the most buzz about this year, as far as people that I knew personally, was Crying in H Mart and then the Tom Sharpling book. That's on the book I that, saw multiple I about people yep. talking about. Um, people really you didn't like ask, Tom but Sharpling. I'll go ahead and tell you the best book I read this year did not come out in 2021. The best book I read this year, it's probably. One of, if not the only times in my life I've ever reread a book. I don't generally do that because I feel like there's so many books I haven't read yet. How dare I read one I've already read before? Um, now, with that said, uh, I reread the book Fat City this year. It came out in 1969. It's like considered this one of the is... best boxing novels of all time. Oh. And I reread it um, way so less about boxing than I thought it was. Oh, come on. Come on, dog. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> the Bruce Bruce autobiography, Fat City. Fat City. That's what you think. Oh, wait, hang on. Matt calls it an autobiography. So you're saying he's self. <laughs> All right, come on. Well, also, he would name the book. He we would are just up the against book this Bruce timer. Bruce. I mean, Bruce Bruce by Bruce Bruce. Anyway, Fat Bo- City, book, amazing book. book. Less the boxing than I. That actually <laughs> 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 That would be really um, good. That book is a uh, book. <laughs> book book by Bruce Bruce. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that got me. Um, amazing book. Less about boxing than I thought it was than I recalled, but even better than I remembered. Uh, Leonard Gardner, only novel he ever wrote, which is always intriguing. Uh, made into a movie by John Huston starring uh, who's uh, Lebowski? Oh, that's the, that's the one they did when he was like a kid, right? Yeah, well, it's the one right after uh, the last picture show. Jeff Daniels. Jeff, no, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Excuse me. Um, but anyhow, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but the book, uh, I loved Ten, it. And the intro nine, is written by Dennis Johnson, eight, who's a writer I also love. Seven, and uh, I thought it was great. Five, that was the best thing I read this four, year. I'm going to uh, go ahead and say my fighter one. of the year. So- Fuck all y'all.